This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. Glenn the Geek here, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Monday, the 4th of October, brought to you by Eagle Equine. Well, Jamie and I were going to have a show for you today, but I had a doctor's appointment rescheduled at the last minute for this morning. And right now, when the doctor is free, you take the appointment or you wait weeks. So I thought I'd take the appointment. Today I have for you one of the Horse Husbands episodes from years ago. Joseph and I had a few auditor husbands on and took the manly man test. It was pretty funny. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with a new Mustang episode, and then Jamie and I will be back on Wednesday. Let's get right to the show after this word from Eagle Equine. But first we're going to go to Jennifer to tell us about her experience using Eagle Equine. Well, Coach Jen is here, and she has been using the MagnaGuard paste. So tell us about it. MagnaGuard pre-performance calming paste. It's a lot to put into a little tube. Um, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a, big, it's a big name for such a small container. It is marketed as a product for horses who have stress issues for before trailering or riding and things like that. And I started using it because it contains vital electrolytes, which Nigel needs because he gets dehydrated because he sweats a lot. And the calming part for me is a, a sideline benefit, but I like the using it as an electrolyte because it doesn't have any of the sugar and dye that you see in a lot of the products. And because it contains peppermint oil, he kind of likes it, which makes my life easier. Yay! So when do you give it to him? I give it to him immediately before and or after I ride when I go away from home because he doesn't drink when he's on the road, doesn't drink, period. So if I give it to him right before I ride, by the time I come back, he's gotten good and thirsty. Or if I ride in the morning, I will give it to him late in the afternoon, like after his dinner. And that will reassure that he will drink water overnight as well. So that's when I use it. All right, good. That's the MagnaGuard Pre-Performance Calming Paste. You can find it at eagleequineproducts.com. And when you go to Eagle Equine Products, you can use the coupon code HRN to get 15% off your first order. So if you're ordering for the first time, use the coupon code HRN at eagleequine.com. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon. And you are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 31st, 2019. Brought to you today by the Shaken Fork and the Flexen Fork. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network... The monthly Horse Husbands episode. This one is for you guys. No horsewomen allowed.
Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Well, I should say good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us because the rule is on Horse Husbands Day here on Horses no in the Morning. No women allowed. No women allowed. Correct. So if you are a woman, you should be turning this off and going listening to something else on the Horse Radio Network. We have plenty of shows for you to listen to, not this one. And yeah, lots of podcasts. That's right. Lots of podcasts out there. We put out a lot of episodes every month. Well, we have a we have a theme today going on the show, and that's manly men. We're going to find out uh, how manly we all are in the show today, including our guests. And why don't you give us a preview? Tell us uh, who our first guest is going to be. Well, our first uh, guest, his name's Jeremy. He's a customer of ours, uh, uses a shaken fork. And interestingly enough, we didn't know what the theme was going to be. And Jeremy's last name fits right in. Yes, it does. We'll find out about that later on. And also, we have Pierre-Luc on. And he is the wife, or he is the husband, rather, of one of our auditors. Chantel is his wife. And uh, we're going to find out what kind of a manly man he is as well. And he has a lovely yeah. French accent you're all going to like. So, yeah, don't let that, that soft-spoken person uh, yeah, uh, don't lead let you astray. You. So that's coming no. up on today's show. We're going to meet them. And Joseph and I are going to talk a little bit now. We always try and lead the show with something. And I found a website, and I have this is not because I'm a manly man. I stumbled on this. It's called GearHungry.com. Never heard of it before. But they had the 15 best hobbies for manly men. Um, and I started at number 11. Uh, so w- let's start at number 11, and we're going to keep score tonight, Joseph, and we're going to see okay. who is the manliest man on the, the, of the four of us. So I have a scorecard here, so I'm going uh, to write us down. All right, so number 11 is blacksmithing, which I thought was appropriate for our particular uh, show. So have you ever done blacksmithing? Well, let's see. Does hitting your thumb with a hammer count? <laughs> uh, well, if it did, we're all in it, but uh, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have an anvil, but I don't have a forge or have anything like that. Have you ever like taken that, metal so. and made it fiery hot and then made something out of it? No, no. no that, that's I, I don't qualify. No, How about Jennifer, you? Jennifer would never let me take a piece of metal and make it fiery, fiery hot because I would just burn myself and that would be it. <laughs> so, Darn no. It. No, neither one of us get that point. Um, how about motorcycling? Um, does a mini bike count? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Lawnmower engines don't apply. No, no, no. I had a go kart. Does that count? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we're both out on that one. You know, motorcycles scare the crap out of me. Actually, I went with my brother has motorcycles, and he has the big, big ones with like the saddlebags and all that stuff you know the the really luxury motorcycles like the cadillacs and i went riding with him to one day and i just found it unnerving and i just saw my light flashing before my eyes i really want a piece of metal and some airbags around me thank you very much you remember that guest we had that that rode that grand prix motorcycle and he was describing you know going into the corner at 100 miles an hour and just leaving the throttle pinned uh, yes, and then and then he he invited me up there to do that, and it's like no, no, you you don't get it. No, no. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> that is a manly man thing to do, though. Yeah, and Lisa Kelly, I know you're listening. Ice road trucker Lisa Kelly up there in Alaska. Her uh, her husband does uh, the mountain bike racing, where they you know go over the moguls and fly in the air, and she does that too. Believe me, <sighs> Lisa is more of a manly man than either one of us. So. Uh, shout out to you. She's not listening. No, <laughs> not at all. 
Uh, and she drives the ice road. She's more, but she gets 10 points for that one. <clears throat> um, so we're not doing so well so far, Joseph. <laughs> not so far. We have nothing. How about rock climbing, ice climbing, and mountaineering? Well, I can tell you, in my youth, I scared the crap out of my parents because at one point somebody took a picture as I was dropping over the edge of a cliff, and um, and uh, somehow my parents got to see it. And so, yes, I can honestly say that I used to do uh, a lot of rock climbing. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Does it count? I used to. Now, let me see if this counts. You'll have to be the judge of this. I used to spelunk. I used to do spelunking, caving. And we used to have to descend. We used to have to belay down and go into the hole of the cave, like 50 feet down. So in the side of a, a, a mountain. So we used to do that. I think that probably counts. Well, I think spelunking should count in rock climbing, ice climbing, and mountaineering anyway. Yeah, if you can say belay and repel, you're there. Okay. Right, it counts. Okay. It counts. So there's one. I looked those words up before I... I got in the show tonight. Um, I didn't. I was just kidding. But you know what? Uh, a lot of people would never do caving because, you know, the whole claustrophobic thing. I loved it. We had oh a great time with it. Yeah. It was dangerous, though. <clears throat> um, that squeezing in something that's slightly bigger than your head, I, I couldn't do that. We no had in, in Virginia where we were going, they had a cave as a dry cave. Is wet caves and dry caves. And this one, we were in for six, seven hours. And oh about halfway through, they had what's called the pinch. And you, it was, it's the problem with the pinch is it, it was about the width of a human body. Okay. And, you know, it was not much bigger. You could barely squeeze through. Some people had to take their clothes off. Basically, we had to oil them up and get them through. Um, but the problem was it sat a couple feet off the Ew. ground. It sat a couple feet off the ground. So you had to do this up a little. It'd been much easier for like on the ground. And then you, it had a twist to it. So you had to twist through it too. I don't know how I ever did it, to be honest. I was skinnier then. Um, how about uh, playing an instrument? Now, I have no musical ability at all, so I'm out of this one. Well, let's see. I, I, I've dabbled at guitar, and I've, and I've played piano, and I have to tell you, I sound great until I record myself, and then I take away the background music. Yeah, but you know notes and you play stuff, so you get that one. You get that one. All right, you get that. Two to one so far. How about uh, outdoor adventuring? What they basically means is backpacking and sleeping in a tent in the woods. Uh, glamping doesn't count? No, the glamping doesn't count. No. Uh, no. Horse camping at this age, horse camping includes a, a living quarter trailer. So yeah, or no. a hotel. So there's oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Dang and it. it basically says if you've caught your own fish and cooked it over an open fire while camping in the woods. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not much for camping. Uh, investing. That's just uh, laughable. Invested in a relationship. Right? Yeah, right. And going to horses, does that count? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so no. Yeah. Uh, number four was ga uh, computer gaming. Well, that kind of goes with um, the next one, which is golf. And golf is nothing but reality virtual gaming. Both of them are completely ridiculous. <laughs> I actually do game. I, I gamed a lot in my... When I got really sick with Lyme and was home a lot, I had to do something. And actually, I got into playing backgammon. Um, 
online backgammon and got to be one of the best in the world. I was ranked in the top 20 of, wow. of all back. I couldn't even remember how to set up the board the other day when we tried to play. Um, see that? That's because you were sick, right? <laughs> was it. When you're sick, then you do that kind of thing. Well, but no, I want to I do something else. Sorry. Yeah, I, you know, I do play a game right now. The only game I play right now is called World of Tanks, and it's basically a tank game where you get to shoot other tanks. And I just, for some reason, at the end of the day, to be able to blow th- a couple things up, it's just lovely. I like it. So, uh, well, and that would be like when I used to go to Thailand and I attempted to, to do golf, and it's really hot in Thailand. And if you go out with a group of guys, every time you don't hit your ball past the women's tee, you have to buy the next round of beers. <laughs> you and if broke. you're with five, <laughs> yeah, well, within, if there's five guys, one guy out of five every time is is not hitting it past the women's tee. And so you do 18 holes and you've had, you know, 12 or 13 beers. <laughs> it's That's my heck. idea of golf. <laughs> yeah, I played in the old days too, quite a bit actually, and I sucked the entire time. So I'm not yeah. even putting golf on my list because I can honestly say I sucked. No, I do too. Yeah. yeah. Those are zeros. What a, that's a, still the most frustrating game ever invented, golf. Yeah. <clears throat> um, micro beer brewing. Uh, I'm related to a micro beer brewer, well, there you go. but that's as close as I get. <laughs> I don't like beer, so this was out for me. I, that uh, one's gone. Yeah, okay. Like, wow, you and me are awful. Yeah, we're at two each here. <laughs> we're going to do it too. <laughs> How about photography and drone? Now, drone cameras. I do have a drone, um, and I have flown it several times. Um, but I'm not very good at it. Uh, my my yeah. neighbor, who's our landlord, uh, who's a retired general, loves. He used to use drones in the special forces, and uh, he can fly really well. He's really good at it. But no. And I like drones a lot. I I think that they're a blast. Do you so, fly? And I watch. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, well, then I, I, I get you. Well, yeah, because you fly helicopters. Fly helicopters. So yeah, do you yeah, find like flying drones, drones is that- fun? Then you're a helicopter. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you bet. I I I think they're great. They're they're so much easier than flying a radio control thing, and you you then you start flying them faster and faster, and and uh, and the weird thing about drones is is that when you get totally out of control, you just take your hands off everything and they stop. I know that's the good thing about drones. Yeah, unlike radio control, where they just keep on going till they hit the ground. <laughs> Did you ever do the radio control planes? Oh, yeah, I tried it. I tried it. And after numerous numbers of, uh, I mean, I don't think I have a radio control plane that now that isn't destroyed. Yeah, well, that's I have the problem. Tails and wings. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, no. $1,000 in one crash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. My and brother got into it big time and flew a lot. He had several planes and, uh, you know, same thing, always fixing them. Here in Ocala, because we have so many oldsters. Uh, these old guys love to fly remote control planes. So there's several landing strips around us just for remote controlled and, and like old airports that were closed. And yeah. they, you hear them when you go by there every day, they're out flying. They so. are tremendous. Uh, the, the people that do it, I go to the shows and they're, they are amazing what they can have. Um, those model airplanes do. They are amazing. So yep. we're each at three out of 11, which is not saying very much for us, our manliness. How about um, the number one is triathlons? Well, let's see. When you talk about a number one, the only place that I run is to the bathroom in the bank. So no, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Might as well be me, too. All right. So we uh, we are not very manly is what it comes down to. Just we suck. <laughs> we, yeah, we're suck. See, that's why we married manly wives, like our intro says. <laughs> Because we had to make up for it. 
<coughs> our manly news. Glenn, we got three. We got three out of 11. That, <laughs> what the, that is. By the way, the other ones at the bottom were, uh, the other three were martial arts and boxing. Well, I'm out there. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, weightlifting was another one. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, no. No. And then marathon running. No. 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 So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we really didn't do well. Goodness me. Well, let's okay. find out how our guests do. Let's get uh, your first guest on. I am a manly man who lives a manly life. So our first guest of the day is Jeremy, Jeremy Manley. I had spoken to you previously because I know that you're a user of our Shake It Fork, and uh, your wife is Wanda, and we both thought that it would be fun to interview. Can you tell me a little bit about um, about Wanda, how you met your, your horse wife? And, uh, how long yes. Ago? Uh, well, we were in graduate school together. Um, uh, we both uh, come from a long background of, of horses. Uh, her, uh, from her own aspect, uh, she's actually been through college for uh, equine science, uh, has an animal science major, uh, got back to uh, school and uh, uh, working on a range management degree, and I was in a soil chemistry program. Um, we're, of course, both from the, the big state, small population of Wyoming. Um, the rest is history. Uh, she had horses when we got together. I grew up around horses, uh, and it just kind of been a fit uh, ever since. How, how long did you date before you got married? We were together uh, a year. And one of the one of the things that's always interesting is to find out was the experience of being with with your horse girl with Wanda different before and after you were married. Uh, yes and no. From from one standpoint, yes, it was different. Uh, she did a lot of the horse stuff, uh, uh, more so on her own. Um, and I really had to kind of uh, work at being part of that. Uh, once we got married, of course, uh, it was uh, just a natural fit to uh, we're both part of it. Uh, might be a little different than a lot of horse owners uh, or horse husbands. Uh, but each, each, each one of us, I think, has our own uh, uh, things that happen uh, to get us where we are. But we're very much uh, uh, horse owners together. Yeah, and you participated in the Radiothon, and, and uh, you were the guy with the donkeys, isn't that right? Yes, uh, our little doodlebug. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you, um, do you only have donkeys? Your, your, your wife has horses. How many, how many uh, equines do you have? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, uh, together we've, we've got uh, seven uh, uh, wonderful equines. We've got five saddle horses and uh, a kind of a, a rescue pony, I guess, uh, and our little uh, Sicilian donkey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And one of the things that's interesting about um, your name is Jeremy Manley. And on, I don't know if you heard on the Horse Husband episode that we had, but I was talking about one of the, uh, the most expensive gifts for a horse husband is owed a farrier, and it turns out that you're actually a farrier, too. Yes, I am a part-time farrier. Do you uh, bill your me. wife? Do, do you bill her for all the... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, it all works out in the end. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
Yeah, and how did you, how did you get into that? If you went from soil science to to being a, a part time farrier, how did uh, how did that? Occur? He was trying to After save money. Married? That's how he was trying to save money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's ultimately what got me farther into it. Uh, I've actually been around horses uh, my entire life. Um, I have family members that that raised Appaloosa horses. Uh, uh, my stepfather and his father had draft horses and draft cross horses for driving horses. Um, and as a, a, a young man, uh, 12, 13, 14 years old, we had the broodmare band, and, and there weren't a lot of farriers that would come and do broodmares. So I learned how to, to trim broodmares um, to help save money and, of course, to do something nice for the horses. Uh, and, and I did that for a lot of years. And then when we got together and, and got married, we were in a situation uh, uh, several times, I guess, where uh, reliable, good farriers may not always be available. And to do that, I, I just had to learn and uh, try, to, try to do a better job um, and to keep our own horses going. And through that, then you pick up some other people that hear, oh, you know, our farrier moved away. We need somebody to come do this. Or uh, I do quite a few old horses that, you know, take a lot more time. So a, a person that's doing it full time, you know, they may not be able to put the time and effort in to an old horse where I can. I have another job. I'm not doing it for a living. Um, can can spend more time with those horses. Uh, and of course I do hours and it definitely helps uh, when you've got a, a few extra feet in the barn. So did, did Wanda ever cop to the fact that it was your ode to manliness that, that uh, attracted her to you? <laughs> uh, I, I'm hoping it was my intelligence and uh, uh, my good looks, but you know, it was probably strong back weak mind. <laughs> did she take your last name by the way? Uh, yes, she did. She did. Was there any discussion about that? Um, uh, not really. Okay. Um, you know, when, when you end up with a name like this, uh, uh, you got to live up to it. So um, maybe she can always say my husband is manly. <laughs> He's the most manly. <laughs> we're we're going right? to find out about that at the end of the at the end of this uh, interview. We're going to find out how manly you in fact are. But uh, go ahead, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> So do you do you now have more horses or or fewer than than when you were married? Did did your wife have the empty um, stall syndrome? Uh, we've had that multiple times. Um, she actually had off track thoroughbreds and quarter horses uh, when we got together. Um, our quarter quarter horses have uh, multiplied and our off track thoroughbreds have declined. We have no thoroughbreds left. Uh, we've got appendix. Uh, uh, quarter horses and and uh, a couple of the foundation quarter horses now. Our horses ha- numbers have went up. Um, you definitely don't want an open spot because right. it will uh, attract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> empty pasture and an empty stall. That's um, that's that, that's how we enable our our horse wives. We always right? say one empty stall attracts two new horses. Yep, <laughs> yep. And sometimes, and right now, we our pony and our little donkey they live together because I haven't got the barn rearranged uh, uh, to make another stall. So sometimes even just a little extra space, one will fit in there. Do you have a, um, a, a hobby or a sport that you do outside of, of uh, the horses? 
you, yeah, you I do. do it uh, with- uh, yeah, you know, I I'm a, a shooter. Uh, I enjoy uh, pistol league, and then uh, also uh, in the past I have shot trap. Um, uh, probably not as good at either as I wished I was, but yeah, you know, a little bit outside, uh, always keep things going. Um, we do do a lot of things together and we do do a lot of things uh, with the horses together. Mm-hmm. Trap shooting has to be one of the most fun things ever. If, 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 if anybody listening has never tried it, you need to try it once. It is just a trip. Yep, not, nothing quite like uh, shooting at things and blowing things up. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, you're not hurting anything. Well, you're not right supposed your to Right, shoulder. Be. Right, exactly. Yourself. <laughs> your shoulder. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, when, when Diane and I were first married, we decided it would be fun to go on a cruise. And uh, off the fantail of the ship, they were shooting trap or shooting skeet, whatever it's called. And, um, and it didn't cost anything. And I didn't realize at the time that the limit, limiting factor is how black and blue you want your shoulders yeah, to be the next day. Because <laughs> right? We had, I was a cripple. <laughs> we had a friend over recently that I uh, she'd never shot guns before. So she, we had her shoot the pistol, and then I got out the 12-gauge, um, which is the, like the wrong shotgun to put somebody's hand oh for, God, the first, yeah. for the first time, but it's the only one I have. So, uh, And she shot that for the first time. And she managed, she's tiny, and she managed to stay standing, so I was impressed. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Oh, well, I wanted to ask uh, a few things regarding um, your your manly um, second profession, your farrier. And it had to do with uh, hanging a horseshoe over the door for good luck. Ah, yes, I, could, I can actually uh, uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And, and one thing that a lot of people do incorrectly is uh, they hang it straight up. And if if you have ever been around a farrier, they may have told you this or they may not have. Uh, You should actually tilt that a little bit to the side so that a little bit of luck always flows out. Ah, so so it doesn't matter which side, just turn it to a side. I never heard that before. So how did that start? How did that whole thing start? You know, I've heard several different things about that. Um, And one, one of them really goes to the fact that uh, you know, if if you have a shoe, uh, you lose a shoe and it's still there, it, you're a lucky man because you've still got it. If you have a spare shoe, then you're even luckier because you can put one back on. And if it's right there above the door, you know where it's at. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh, yeah, so try fitting that, your, 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 uh, that big old Clydesdale shoe on your on your mini there, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I do have. I have a draft horseshoe hanging on the wall, right? <laughs> we, uh, I, I, I got to tilt it, this. though. Mine's going straight up. I got to fix that. <laughs> Mine's bent. It, I think it got caught by a, by a hind hoof, and it got ripped off, and I put that one up just because I thought it was so neat. So, <laughs> yeah, you bet. Mine, it goes in, and it leaks right back out again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read that, uh, and I didn't know this, but is it true that all horseshoes have seven holes? Uh, no, uh, it, it's not. You know, uh, depending on the the breed, uh, uh, the discipline, the size of the, the hoof, um, you know, most of us probably only use six holes, but depending on what, you, what you're doing, uh, draft horses, you might want more nails in there because they've got to hold more shoe and you've got more foot to hold to. 
um, race plates uh, may have multiple holes just so that you can arrange the, the nails in a different pattern. You know, they, they shoe on a much shorter interval. So sometimes you don't, you get into shelly feet or you have nail holes that cause problems. You may need to move those nails around. And some of those have, you know, 10, 12 holes uh, just so that you can do that. Um, some some shoes uh, have different placement uh, because of where, you know, they're side clipped or toe clipped uh, to get around those. Um, you know, it really kind of depends. Uh, some pony shoes only have six holes a lot of handmade shoes they will only stamp uh, uh, six in uh, uh, when you make them by hand so yeah no there's there's not really a, a set number huh. Huh. all i know is that that when our farrier comes by and my wants my wife wants me to learn a little bit of this stuff so that i can help with the trimming and and i watch as close as i can and then he guides me as i try to do it and and no matter how careful i am i find i can only file one direction (laughs) i'm going right-handed and i'm going out from right to left i seem to be able to do it but when i got to do it left to right when i switch sides of the horse i can't even file so whatever it is that you guys have for a that skill set it's it's pretty it's a pretty amazing we're, we're getting to use more of our collective brain that day man oh man i guess so yeah yeah you know part of it is is people will try to uh, uh push more with one hand than the other and a rasp when you use it if you if you're uh, maybe don't push as hard with your your driving hand mm-hmm. you can just kind of let it glide and it'll make it much easier uh to rasp but then i gotta hang on to the hoof with the other hand ah, it's supposed to be so. between your legs <laughs> that's another problem <laughs> right <laughs> only farriers can do that successfully that's right yeah that's a, that's, a, that's a farrier deal and then then when i'm working away and uh and and i'm and i'm not really sure what i'm looking at and then he says oh you got it that's just right and i'm all i i have no idea i'm just i'm lost so we've usually found it better to just have our farrier come by and do the touch-ups yeah you know, the, the good thing about uh, uh, being a part-time farrier is I can, I can watch those uh, pros out there, learn from them, and then I can go back to my real job and say, Whew, we get to eat tonight. And, yeah. And what's your <laughs> real job? What do you consider your real job? So I work for the state of Wyoming. I'm a groundwater management uh, specialist uh, uh, working for the agency that does water rights uh, uh, within the state of Wyoming. So I'm on the groundwater side. We have surface water side as well. Uh, so uh, a science field. When I wow. heard, yeah, no, I, wait a minute, Joseph, I have to interrupt here. I heard you're kind of geeky and, you know, I, I, I'm known as Glenn the Geek. And because, you know, we all, t- we all use Joseph's forks, right? We all use the flexing fork and the shaking fork. Matter of fact, on the auditor page today, there was a bunch of people talking about the forks and ordering some new ones. And you, you must be a true geek because I heard after a long period of time, your shaking fork started acting up, which, you know, nothing lasts forever, right? Um, and you actually took the sucker apart. Yeah, but uh, you know it's built really well. <laughs> you so, had a tough time uh, getting it some apart. Some of that credit goes to that <laughs> side. It's it's pretty easy to work on them. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And and I had uh, uh, good support. Uh, Joseph called me, and we walked through it. And it's uh, the first time. Yep, uh, he knew exactly what was wrong with it. Uh, about three minutes later, we had it fixed. 
And then we had a yeah, recurring but- uh, issue, and uh, uh, he said, I don't think you'll have any problem. And he, we got the parts in, and sure enough, was able to take that apart, put it back together, and uh, it's being used right now. Now, here's the backstory on this, though, because it, it's pretty funny. When, I, I never <laughs> talked to Jeremy prior to this, but he wrote me an email, and it started out with this. It said, I tested the wall wart with a Fluke 75 DVOM, and it shows an open voltage of 15-plus VDC. Our line voltage is 125 VAC at which point my eyes were rolling backwards and I knew this guy was going to be fun to talk to. I have no idea anything he just said. I have no clue. <laughs> uh, and I, I'll, I, while I was, I mean, usually people call and I, and I start to discuss the different options so that we can run through a, a scenario to see, you know, try to figure out what it is while they're talking on the phone. And, and like he said, unbeknownst to me, Jeremy was actually taking apart and got it working again while we were talking. And it was so funny because all of a sudden it was like, well, I don't, I don't need to send it back to you because it's, it's running. And, you know, later on he took apart the gearbox. But he found something interesting inside the gearbox, which is something called Swarf, which I'd never heard of. And, and I think that that's the guck that you find between a, a horse hoof pad and a horse's hoof. Is, is that right? Is that what Swarf is? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Swarf comes from uh, the metalworking uh, uh, trades, uh, uh, which I've dabbled in a little bit as well. A lot of times when you're machining something, uh, you'll get uh, the stuff that comes off, or you'll get little bits of metal that maybe don't get cleaned out. That becomes Swarf. And what I think was in this gearbox is one side of it has metal gears, one side of it has uh, nylon gears. Um, and on the metal side, it looked to me like maybe the gears had uh, maybe not meshed well to begin with, and then yeah, yeah. they actually tipped a little bit and caused some of that, and it's just you know fine metal particles uh, uh, that you find in there. Yeah. Well, Glenn has, has said all along that we have a crappy business model because – our forks never break, which is mostly true. Um, but when they do simply wear out or, or they eventually fail, um, people can always drop us a line at equitymfg.com, as you found out. And we're here to help out, and we want to get you back on the road again. So it was fun talking with you. Oh, about wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, I'm not, we're not done. <laughs> oh, okay. so I'm, just, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a surprising thing. And one of the ways that, that I meet people, horse husbands, is oftentimes it's the wife that's, that's got the husband Give them a tool, and they'll go out and clean the um, clean the stalls. And, yep, uh, exactly. Case, that that was the case. You so just, Glenn's got some other. You have fun to have a fun tool about. like the shaking fork. You got to give us motivation. Yeah, uh, guys like tools. Yeah, if we don't have something that's electronic and actually does something, then we're out. Uh, which, yeah, you know, uh, it was kind of interesting when you guys were doing the, the Christmas uh, radio thon. Uh, I had called in and we talked a little bit, and one thing I meant to say uh, was uh, simply, yeah, if you want a want a good gift uh, idea for uh, uh, your horse wife or your horse girlfriend, get them a, a shake and fork, and then learn to use it. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> and you don't need to know what a Fluke seventy five DVO. That's good is. because I'm out. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and fortunately, I've never in six years I've never had to take ours apart. So there's that. Well, all right, so earlier in the show, we discussed this article I found on GearHungry.com, and yes, this is the first time I've ever been to this website. Um, It was the best hobbies for the manly man, and your last name is Manly, so 
We're going to find out if you've ever done any of these hoppies. I'll run them through quick, and you can let us know. And I know number 11 is, you're in. You're in with number 11 already because it's blacksmithing. So, you know, I know technically what you do isn't blacksmithing, but it's close enough. It's closer than wherever. So I do do a little blacksmithing. Oh, there you also, go. I do a little bit of artistic work. Uh, uh, we've had a, a little uh, co-op store here in, in our capital city, which we live close by. Uh, where they let people bring stuff in, and I, I do some, some work. I've built some uh, hand-forged uh, rosebuds, um, uh, horseshoe uh, bottle openers, uh, uh, yard art, you name it. So, yes, I can say I do that. All right, good. Well, I, I'm, I'm keeping score. We're going to see who's the manliest on the show tonight. Um, ten, number 10, motorcycling. I have a Harley Davidson. Uh, oh my God! Uh, in, ding, 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 ding. In he should get two points for that one. We worked on. <laughs> All right. How about uh, rock climbing, ice climbing, or mountaineering? Um, not unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm with you there. Learn Part of your to, job, maybe. How about uh, playing an instrument? Um, I carry a tune fine, but I better not try to unload it. Okay, good. Yeah. Outdoor, adventuring, or, or survivalist? Uh, big game hunting count. Oh, okay, we'll give you that one. All right. Uh, investing. <laughs> I don't know why investing's on this list. It doesn't seem mainly He's man, a horse but... husband. He invested yeah. in his wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have horses. There's no investing going on. There's no investing. <laughs> we don't right. need no thinking investing. <laughs> yeah. How about... It doesn't make any difference. It's all going out the door anyway. Uh, yeah. You know... Golfing, I argued that golfing shouldn't be on the list because it's not manly man, but I have never been as frustrated in my life as playing golf. So I, I, I'm kind of, it's one of the most frustrating games in ever. So what do you what do you say? I say the same thing. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the driving range is the best part. Yes, I agree. Just whack a bunch of balls. Uh, yep. <laughs> number four, gaming. They mean computer gaming. Uh, no. Um uh, I do uh, uh, take care of a website for uh, uh, antique reloading tools for uh, firearm reloading tools. Does that count? Well, that's a—it's almost like gaming. I think <laughs> <laughs> you do gaming, don't you, Glenn? Yeah, I—I I, I play one game. I only ever play you... one. Uh, number three, micro beer brewing. That's a thing now. Brewing your own beer. You can check that one off for me. I am a brewer. Oh, wow. Ding, 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 Jeez, ding, ding. You're up to five. Uh, how about <laughs> photography or drone flying? Uh, I've got both. I'm not real good at either, but uh, I still try to do it. Oh, jeez. We need and to get him off this are a call. Lot of fun. Yeah, we yeah. need to get him off this call. Um, and <laughs> number one, running, cycling, and swimming. It's so triathlons is what they mean. Have you ever done a triathlon? Um, we we do run 5Ks, and uh, we've got a little Australian Shepherd uh, uh, female that uh, runs with us. Um, I cycle kind of uh, not competitively. Uh, uh, I use it to commute once in a while to work. Oh, well, geez. Okay, we'll give you that one. I, 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 <laughs> I, I hate this man because he does live up to his last name. I think he must have read the list before yeah, the show. Yes, seven of them. <laughs> he got seven of them. Well, Golly, Jeremy. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeremy. We really appreciate it. Uh, so do you have a website or anything you want to? I don't. Okay. Um, we're just uh, uh, glad that you guys are out there. 
Um, I'm glad that my wife found you. She is an auditor. Oh, great. Uh, she listens to you guys uh, uh, as much as she possibly can to a lot of the shows. What, what's her and, name? And uh, uh, I listen to some of them uh, uh, as we get a chance together or when I get time. And Yay. It's a good program. I'm glad you guys are out there. And Wanda's her name? That is correct. Well, hi, Wanda. I know she's not listening because she's not allowed. No, no, she's but, not listening. No, but uh, I'll say hello anyway. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. You bet. Have a great evening, guys. I am a manly man who lives a manly life. Well, Jeremy was talking about the shaken fork, and the, the your other product is the flexing fork. And there was a comment in the auditor's room today about that. Somebody was asking, one, are they really worth it? Yes, is the answer to the question. I'm not just saying that because Joseph is a sponsor. I'm saying that because they really do work. And, and there were lots of comments on the post that said that. So I think she was pretty convinced of that. And then she said, well, I just... I just go to horse shows and I, I just bring my fork along to horse shows and maybe clean some paddocks. And she said, what should I get, the shaken fork or the flexing fork? I said, well, in that case, you want a flexing fork. Because if you're not cleaning, you know, a number of stalls every day, then the shaken fork's not going to do you any good. You need a flexing fork, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like to say if you're cleaning three stalls or more, but, but I do have to interject here that we have um, older users, especially women that have horses, and they're only cleaning one or two stalls a day, and they've been shaking forks manually for so many years that they're they're getting carpal tunnel, they're getting difficulty with their joints and so on, and they buy the shaken fork, and they don't have to do any shaking. They can just pick the fork up, squeeze the trigger a little tiny bit, the tines go up and down, and it's done. And we talk a little bit there, and we have been talking about the fact that things break or they wear out, but these are the people that when they have a problem with their fork, Oftentimes, they'll buy a second one because they can't um, not be without one. They have to have a spare while the first one is being repaired or even while the batteries are charging up. So um, the shaken fork is, uh, is, is invaluable if you need it. And if you don't, spend less than the cost of a shoeing and, and do yourself a favor and buy a flexion fork. You, you can't really describe on the radio what's different about it, but it has what, what is a flexible backbone on it. And it, it allows the fork tines to be able to flatten underneath the manure or to be able to sort of bounce off the, the cracks or the stall mats or things like that so that the tines don't break. And um, the sides of it are a little bit bigger. It holds a little bit more manure. And we make it in, uh, in two different sizes. So if you've got regular shavings, the curly stuff, that would be a 5 8 inch spacing, a standard tine. And if you've got pellets or you have mini flakes or something like that, we sell a uh, what we call a mini tine, which has the closer tine spacing. What would you recommend if, like, if she's talking about cleaning paddocks, and especially this time of year, if you guys are living anywhere where it's cold and snowy and icy, you're, you're breaking your cheap forks you get at the feed store every 10 minutes. Get one of these. You need one of these. And I can't tell you how many people have posted about using their flexing forks out in the paddocks in this kind of weather, and they're so impressed. Yeah, they don't break. And my wife, if you asked her, she uses a mini time out in the paddocks. She likes to get all the little bits out there. And so when she's out picking them up where she doesn't have to, to sift it, the mini time is best. And uh, for those of you that have a little bit more to spend, we sell a carbon fiber version. And I don't know if you saw, I posted online that for Christmas, I made my wife a, a carbon fiber 
flexion fork that had an LED headlight on it and also had a heated handle grip. And man, I had no idea how good that was going to go over. You turn on the switch and she literally, she can go out there in the freezing cold and she doesn't even have to wear gloves. So what an amazing thing. And it runs off the same battery pack that our shaken fork does uses the same handle. And I'd love to sell them, but I, I think we'd have, you know, we'd be 200 bucks for a non-powered fork, but you never know. We you know, Jeremy's it. out there taking it apart already to figure out how you did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> EquityMFG.com is where you can find them all, right? EquityMFG.com. Yep. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Joseph. And uh, next up we have, I, I heard from, from this gentleman uh, right before Christmas, he sent me a lovely email and basically said, I want to thank you guys for what my wife listens to your show all the time. I want to thank you for your great shows. Uh, and, you know, he was just so, he just was so nice. And he did something very nice, I can't say, but he did something very nice for the hosts of Horses in the Morning, too. So he said, he said here that you were a great resource for inspiration information and motivation that was what led wow. me to believe he was listening to npr and not us but, uh, <laughs> I, I i checked to make sure he was listening to, he was emailing the right place uh, but chantelle is a she comments a lot on the auditor room and we see her in there all the time so we wanted to have pierre luke on and talk to him a little bit i am the manly man who lives a manly life? We have Pierre on with us, and his wife, Chantel, is a huge fan of the show, and she is also an auditor, isn't she, Pierre? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that, I think she is, too. So, Pierre, where are you from? Obviously, you have a very French name. It's Pierre-Luc Jean... How do you say your last name again? Gélineau. Gélineau. So, where are you from? So I'm from Montreal or Quebec, and uh, I grew up uh, all around Quebec, and then we moved in England for a couple of years, and that's kind of how I learned my English, and then we came back. Joseph, have you ever been to Quebec? It is a beautiful city. I think I visited uh, Ski-Doo, or Bombardier up there some years ago when I was doing snowmobiles. And um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but I... I struggle with the French part of it. They that that at that time I don't know if it's still the same. They didn't even have a stop on a stop sign. You know, it said "Are." And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, were you at the the Bombardier Museum where they have all the old skidoos and stuff? Yeah, I was there, but I was actually making parts for uh, for snowmobiles. It was my former business, and I was invited by Skidoo to to visit their factory and. And uh, we were talking about an invention that I did back then. This is this is pre-horses, believe it or not. And uh, and wow. I had a fantastic time when I was back there. And oddly enough, I was going around trying to find a T-shirt to celebrate being back there. And because everything was written in French, I couldn't even figure out what <laughs> store sold T-shirts. <laughs> well, that's a small world. My most of my family actually live in that little town where there's the Skidoo Museum and where the Skidoo was invented. So. That's uh -huh. interesting. Uh -huh. Oh, wow, that's very yeah. cool. That's very cool. Well, Pierre, I like uh, I, I like poutine. Does that count? The the what? I like poutine. Does that count? Am I an honorary Frenchman now? Um... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Actually, I found out, my last name's Hebert, or Hebert, and I found out uh, that the first official citizen of Canada, his last name was he Hebert, was Hebert. So... Uh, oh really? Yeah, so I think I have more claim to fame than you do to the French Canadian thing. 
<laughs> sure, if you want to go that way. <laughs> I won't fight you over that. <laughs> and my mom used to call my dad a Canuck all the time. So there's that, too. Um, well, I'm dying to find out if, if Chantel, is Chantel also from Quebec, French? No, so she was uh, actually born in Hawaii. But her dad was in the military, so she's been all around the U.S., really. And now we live in the beautiful North Country in uh, upstate New York, where it's uh, beautiful weather right now. Yeah. What is it, like minus 30? (laughs) (laughs) It was minus 6 this morning. Oh, yeah. Was was she a horsewoman uh, when you met her, or, or what attracted you specifically to Chantel? Uh, that's a good question. She was always into horses. Our <laughs> parents always made sure there was horses around her and uh, it hasn't stopped since. So when I met her, uh, we started climbing together. Uh, we had a couple of friends that would do it and that's how we met and we would carpool to Montreal every week or so to go and climb and that's how we got to go rock climbing yeah that yeah that's a very manly sport uh sure (laughs) but now we don't uh, do any climbing we just uh take care of the horses (laughs) that's what happens uh, (laughs) yeah that's what happens so uh, you um how long were you dating before you married uh, we dated for about a year and a half, just shy of that, I believe. And we've been married for a year and a half. So that you're pretty, you're pretty new at all of this. Was there any question when you found out about the horse thing? Did you have any doubts and go? Oh, she made it pretty clear from the get go what the priorities on the total <laughs> pole were, and uh, I, I just had to deal with that, and that's fine. Well, that's good. Well, you're still here, so that's good. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I made it this far. I might as well keep going. Have you become a horse person at this point? Uh, yeah, I think I'm slowly transitioning into being a horse person. Uh, I think Chantal's trying to push me a little bit, but I have my hesitations from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of horses does she have? Uh, so she's got a lot of Appaloosas, uh, and, uh, she's got a half Mustang, half draft, and a little pony, so six horses altogether. Okay, Chantel, so he passed that test because I'm actually on your Instagram, and he is correct on all of those. So he passed that test. He knows what kind of horses you have. So you're doing good. <laughs> you're doing good. Do you ride, or have you ever ridden? Has she forced you? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I mean, there's horses on the property, and we spent a lot of time taking care of them, so I might as well learn how to ride. So I've been riding from time to time for, I don't know, a couple of years, but uh, I'd like to maybe get more into it. And right now, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a very skillful rider. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say, I'm looking at your pictures here. With that beard and that cowboy hat, you look like you should live on a farm. You're you're fitting right in. <laughs> you're a lot less city and a lot more country now there, buddy. So. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I made that transition pretty quickly. Chantal likes to think she changed me, but I don't know. I think it was always there. <laughs> Probably changed in a good way, judging by oh, yeah, my absolutely. experience. Yeah. 
So that that was <laughs> one of the answer. questions I, I was wondering is uh, the experience of being with a horse girl, um, how different is it prior to being married and then after it was married? What what changed for you or did you notice any changes? Uh, well, I guess before I didn't have any horses, now technically I have six. <laughs> so it, it all came in a big package deal. So, but it's oh, been yeah. fun. And uh, I, before we got married, I would spend quite a bit of time on the farm too, helping out. And so I, it wasn't any surprise. And things haven't really changed, I don't think, other than the. the Are the horses at your house? Thing about. Uh, no, we got two dogs. You have two dogs at your house, and then you, your horses are at a boarding facility. Uh, they're at their parents' farm, uh, which oh, that is works out. five minutes away. So, yeah, it works great. They're very nice to let us use a, a piece of land, and uh, they're helping out when we need them to. So we really appreciate everything you do for us. Boy, this is a tough time of year for you guys, too. You're in upstate New York. Uh, I assume you've got some snow on the ground. You've got temperatures in the minuses. And it's just so much hard. Everything is harder taking care of horses this time of year, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's uh, Especially right now, we've got a horse that needs uh, some extra care. So we we spend a lot of time outside, and the snow makes everything slower, and everything ices over. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot more labor-intensive, but, uh, I mean, it needs to be done. So we do it. And... Uh, Actually, Chantel today became a little bit of a Facebook uh, celebrity. She put out a picture of a, a an iced over water tank, and she said anybody that uh, well, it wasn't her. She just stole it from somebody on Twitter, and uh, essentially, it's a, what does it say? Uh, it said anybody that likes winter never had cattle because her, her dad has a lot of cattle, and it went viral. She had like. 500 new friends now that want to <laughs> share this thing. And it, 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 it's been really interesting. <laughs> it's funny well, the guess... stuff that goes Go viral. It's just funny. And you can't predict it either. Yeah, it, it's what? totally unexpected. <laughs> I know one of the guests on Horses in the Morning was talking about uh, horses in the wintertime. And, and they thought that horses actually liked it because there's no flies. Which I'd never thought uh, about that. When there's snow, you don't you don't have flies. Well, uh, that's something we we learned. We actually proposed to Chantal when when we went on a little trip to Iceland for four days, where we just rode Icelandic horses. And the best thing about that place is that there is no mosquitoes or no insects at all on the whole island. So the horses over there are really happy. Maybe yeah. that's why they're nicer than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I actually now that I'm looking, I have seen that picture of the uh, of the water trough with the chunk of ice taken out of the middle and the axe sitting there. I didn't know she was the one that yeah. really. And I'm looking. You're right. She has nineteen thousand shares. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's and crazy. It, it was just. A, I think her dad told her about it, and it was something he saw on Twitter, and then she posted it on Facebook, and boom. Yeah, guy in Illinois had posted it originally, and there we go. <laughs> you never know. And she has a business. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about her business. So she works full-time at a 
uh, at Crane Mountain Valley Horse Rescue as a as a bar manager there, and she uh, also does a lot of lessons on the side, and she also has a little bit of a forge club going that's been going for years now, and as a it is very popular in our area. So she's kind of the horse ambassador, if you will, of the the county. Well, I do have, uh, we have a quiz for you that we're asking everybody tonight. Uh, we found, I found this list that is the 10, or this is actually 11 hobbies for the manliest men. Uh, so we're going to see how many of these you got or have done in the past, and we're seeing who's the manliest on the call tonight. Now, our first guest came up with seven of these and uh, is leading the way. So we'll see. Yeah, manly old meter just went, yeah. went By the way, his last name is Manly, so manly. there's that. He <laughs> <laughs> got a bonus point for that. Um, so, Pierre, uh, number 11 is blacksmithing. Have you ever done any blacksmithing? Um, no, I can't say I have. Yeah, most of us haven't. Um, number 10, motorcycling. Yes. Oh, cool. Ding, 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 yeah, ding. ding. So, yep, yeah, I got that one. All right. And is it a Harley? It's, no, it's a BMW F650. Oh, you do. Super you do. old. Uh, You're the guy going 100 miles an hour on the highway. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm actually very slow and safe i just like to ride around and take my time kind of deal nice bike though um uh, you got this one number nine rock climbing ice climbing or mountaineering you got that one don't you oh yeah i do uh i I did mountaineering a little bit i did ice climbing a couple of times but my big problem is i never could find a steady partner to go with it and i've done plenty of climbing well, I've seen, uh, when I was on Chantel's Instagram, I saw her pictures of her climbing, and she's uh, she's looking pretty buff there, climbing that uh, hill she was climbing. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. <laughs> After a while, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take long for you to, to get some muscle on you and work out your core once you start going. And the, the problem with climbing is, it always feels within your reach. So you try and you try again, you try again, and you're, you're doing a huge workout without even feeling it. Well, you feel it after. Yeah. Well, she, uh, well, you get a point for that one for sure. Uh, how about playing an instrument? Uh, yes, I play or I dabble with the guitar. Um, my, my parents were always a big musicians. So we've always had a bunch of instruments at home. Jeez, three out of four so far. Okay. Um, How about uh, outdoorsmen? They're talking about outdoor adventuring. You go camping in the woods. Yeah, I've done that. Actually, where we live in the country, I used to come here every couple of months or so back when I was a a student in university to do uh, camping and hiking and all that good stuff. Hey, Joseph, I'm feeling less manly as we go on this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number six is an odd one to be on this list, investing. And we all, uh, so far, all of us are spending all our money on horses. How about you? Uh, I do have some money invested, whether or not it's, I wouldn't call it full-fledged, like, stuff. Uh, investing, it's just kind uh, of that's a yes, and you, know, you, know, you beat the rest of us. 
right. All right. He's doing pretty good here. Catching up. Golf. Play golf? Yes. Well, play. I used to play. Yeah, that's that's with all of us. We used to play. <laughs> that's <laughs> all of us get to used to play because that's too expensive to do that and horses. Um, yeah, and the, it's way too time consuming. Yeah, I agree. Uh, gaming, computer gaming. Uh, yeah. You have tied Jeremy, our first guest, and have you know you're on your way to a win. We have three left. If you get one of these, you'll be the manliest man on the show. Um, Wow. Number three, micro beer brewing. Yes. No. Wow. Used to. (laughs) Actually, that one, I I used to, I got all my friends into doing it, and now I don't brew anymore, and they're all way too uh, into it. Overweight? All got their (laughs) keg raider and their their robo brew and all the the cool fancy stuff. Okay, there's a smart man right there, Pierre. You got all your friends into it, so you don't have to do it anymore, and you drink their beer. It's perfect. Exactly. It's perfect. You get an extra point for that one. (laughs) That's smart. Um, How about, do you fly drones? Uh, Not really. I, I do... I I do have a drone, but I've only flown it once, and uh, I can't say it was a big success. Yeah, that's the way with most of us who've tried it. And then number one is triathlons. Have you ever done a triathlon? Uh, Yes, I have. Really? One of the worst experiences in my life. Yeah, so... Uh, me, uh, I, actually, one of my friends wanted to uh, climb a mountain. Have you ever heard of the Aconcagua Mountain? No. So this that's the highest peak in the Americas. So uh, that's, what is it? It's seven, it's almost, it's just shy of 7,000 meters, uh, yeah. whatever that is in feet. I, I can never do the conversions right. And so we started training a year before doing that trip. So I was like, okay, I'll train with you because I wanted to get back in shape. And one thing led to another. Uh, I started doing a, a, like half marathons and races with them. And we did the, the last thing I did was a triathlon. But I learned that if you don't breathe correctly, it makes like a gerbil in your stomach and it you just feel terrible for like the rest of the day. So. That wasn't very fun, but it was interesting. Well, uh, we can officially declare you the manliest man on the show. Um, awesome. Because you've got 10 out of 11, Joseph. you got 10 out of 11. So, Chantel will be proud. Yes, Chantel, look at you taking the manly man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so You know she's rolling her eyeballs right now, right, Pierre? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just they never give us any credit. They don't, really, <laughs> oh, to <God>. be honest. <laughs> Just, but good job. You're a manly man. All right. Uh, we appreciate you being on. We appreciate her being an auditor. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, the best to you guys up there surviving the winter in upstate New York. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Pierre. I am a manly man who lives a manly life. We have the winner. Pierre-Luc, the Frenchman. And not only that, he had the best accent. Unbelievable. I know. I know. He's got it The guy with a name I can't pronounce is the most manly man, and the guy whose name I can pronounce 
well, he's more manly than me. <laughs> well, I got to say, and the fact that a Frenchman won this contest is blowing me away. So there's that. Um, from one Frenchman to another there, Pierre. Um, yeah. And then we had Jeremy right after him with seven. And Jeremy, you know, he ticked a lot of the boxes off. And then yeah, and Jeremy, all of Jeremy's stuff, he's still doing all of them. Yes. So, you know, that there's nothing in the past with him. So he's, that guy's no joke. He's rebuilding his Harley, he said. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> there's that. And, and then there's both of us sitting in last place with a three. Well, you know, if they'd have put flying a helicopter into smoke and flames, I'd have gotten one more. You get 10 for that. I yeah, just, so, <laughs> you, you get so. a lot more than one for that, let me tell you. I just think there aren't enough people that know just how terrifying that is. Otherwise, they know. Well, it's, it's probably funny. not on the hobbies list for men because nobody can afford it. So no, but you know, I have to tell you that I used to take my wife for what I called $1,000 hamburgers, where I'd put her in the helicopter and we'd fly somewhere to get a hamburger. And she'd fall asleep. So horse women are not impressed by helicopters. You know, we do the Finding Florida show, the travel adventure show Jimmy and I do, and Jimmy's never been in a helicopter, so I have that on the list of things she's got to do at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I, I do like flying. You know, a lot of people think helicopters are scary because obviously there's not much around you like an airplane, but and they think it's going to be bumpy or whatever. It's like a smooth ride. It's lovely. <laughs> it, really it, is. It, it is. Flying, flying in helicopters. Helicopters, it's like just sitting in your couch and watching the world go by. It, it really is. It's very pleasant. One of the neatest helicopter rides I ever had was out of, I might have mentioned this on the show at some point, but was out of Las Vegas. And we took the helicopter out of Las Vegas, flew around the stratosphere, and he thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, there was an old Vietnam War pilot guy and took us out. And it was me and two Japanese ladies uh, who barely spoke English, who were just giggling the entire time. <laughs> and he took us out and we did the whole land at the bottom of the Grand Canyon when you could and had a breakfast down there. Wow. Um, but he said, wow. of course, you're flying over the desert when you get to the Grand Canyon. And he said, I know I'm not allowed to do any of this, but it's just you guys and nobody's around. So he took us down to like, he said, I want to show you this view. And he took us down to like 15 feet above the ground, flying full tilt along the desert. And we popped over the edge of the Grand Canyon and it was all right wow. before you. So you didn't get to see any of it until he popped over and it's right there. It was amazing. And, and then when he came out, and you'll appreciate this too, he said, now I'm going to give you the opposite view. And he flew straight up along the wall of the Grand Canyon at about, must have been, it seemed like 10 feet. I'm sure it was like 100 yards away, right? But right. straight up along the wall, facing the wall. And when we popped out, we had the whole desert in front of us. It was oh, cool. I mean, he gave us a ride. He really did. You got your money's worth for sure. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, I don't know if they still do the flying into the Grand Canyon anymore. I think they kind of ruled a lot of that out. I think it depends on a lot what part it. you're in. Uh, but it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. It wasn't cheap, but it was one of the coolest. It was Yeah, cool. and, and Napa the Earth is great unless you have an engine failure. And yeah, then yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what he did say? He did, uh, when we flew back, he, it was nighttime by that point, and he flew back, and we were, what, he flew uh, us by the stratosphere again, which is the tall one there in Vegas. And that was in the days it had the roller coaster on top. And he looked over and he said, you know, I flew pilot. I was a pilot in Vietnam, and I will not go on that roller coaster. So <laughs> <laughs> It's probably smart. <laughs> he convinced me. 
<laughs> I wasn't going either. Well, Joseph, thanks again. It's uh, EquityMFG.com, where you can find Joseph, the Shaken Fork, and the Flexin' Fork. Get one, get two, get three today. Head on over there. Get them for your friends. Get them for everybody. If you're in the middle of winter right now and you're breaking tines, which we know you are because you bought the cheap ones, spend a little bit extra money and you'll have one that'll last you five, ten years. And yeah, and you buy three and we pay the shipping. There you go. It's a big deal these days. Yeah. And, you know, share them with your friends. Go together with your friends. I'm sure a lot of barns do that. Yep, yep, so, they do. That's so right. get them for your trailer. Get them for wherever. You'll, you'll have them forever. And Joseph is great at customer service, as you heard earlier. If something goes wrong, or uh, he'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah, 10 years of selling them, you know you're going to have some wore-out forks. But people keep buying them, and that's what counts. You know, mine, the only thing that really wore out that we had to get was the handle. You yeah, know, the yep. handle itself was the thing. The fork's still going. So, well, thank you, Joseph. We appreciate it. Everybody, we'll be back tomorrow with some really bad ads. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. It's going to be the 1st of February already. So uh, get your ads in, and we look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, Joseph. You're welcome. Don't forget, spay, neuter, and gel. 